Stop this ride. I want to get off. Chapter 1, Part 3. Approximately two weeks after I committed to this idea, I had a mental breakdown. One day, I was getting ready for work and developed a considerable amount of nervousness coupled with intense feelings of desolation and overbearing dread. Initially, I expected to be late that day. Looking back, I see how absolutely ludicrous both of these things sound. Seriously, who in their right mind thinks they can compose themselves well enough to go deal with people and adult responsibilities in the throes of the worst anxious depression they've ever encountered? This is a perfect example of the level of compartmentalizing I was capable of at one point or another. Although, usually, I wouldn't let the feelings grow to that size before I tucked them away in their storage box. I've experienced anxiety and depression at many points in my life, but this was different. There was a heightened nervous energy I felt I had to work off. This was coupled with hopelessness. When I finally saw what was taking place, I actually reached out. I was given the contact for a religious organization, but they weren't able to see me in a timely fashion. By the time availability came about, I felt it was no longer necessary. Suffice it to say, I chose not to follow through. Actually, seeking help is still one hell of a milestone in and of itself. Around the same time this was taking place, the other guy pops back up into my inbox. You know, the one with an enthusiasm for group sports. Sometime between when we last spoke in this round of communication, he had moved back home. We played catch-up for a little while, and he asked if I had any new sexual conquests since we last spoke. Since he asked, I told him about my fall interlude. It was strange, because he wanted something like a play-by-play, -play, for lack of a better term, and he also sought out the comparable stats of my partner, so to speak. I found it a bit bizarre, but I didn't hold back. Here's the thing with me. If you don't want to know, don't ask. I may not always be forthcoming, but with the right line of questioning, I will be honest and very direct with my response. Eventually, we established plans for another meet and greet around Christmas. He got a hotel reservation in the area and found another party to participate. She backed out, so he canceled. He suggested getting something on the books around Valentine's, and I told him I couldn't commit due to more serious obligations of a legal nature. And then he tried again, closer to Easter. According to him, she was hesitant because she thought I would back out. I laughed and reminded him that she backed out twice. I also made the joke that it was his turn, because everybody gets one. Apparently, I meant that. He initially tried to dissuade me by making commentary about being on call for work. In the end, he got an opportunity to go out of state for a concert at the last minute and had to cancel. There was a small part of me that was disappointed, although a much larger part was relieved. It was supposed to be a weekend trip, and when I asked about the sleeping arrangements, he said I could stay in his room. I can't elaborate on the sheer terror infused in my body when I read those words. Through no fault of his, mind you. He came across as attempting to be a accommodating host. It was still chilly, and his room was on the warmer side. The thing about the setup, or attempted setup, that had me on pins and needles was sleeping together. And I mean that very literally. Sharing a bed and sleeping with someone is still 
an extremely anxious topic. The last person I shared a bed with at that point was my former spouse. And there's a lot of emotional stigma attached to that idea, even now. Despite knowing I was in no place to contend with that part of this arrangement, I refused to back out. I've never admitted to him the caliber of favor he did me when he canceled that time, and I probably never will. At this point, I was involved in what I would describe as two primarily sexual long-distance situationships. Technically, my friend the mime was only about an hour away, but due to the nature of it turning into a minimal contact letter-writing campaign with no additional face time, the terminology is very, very applicable here. Even more so in hindsight. Having recently experienced my second legitimate long-distance relationship, I can make a better comparison now. I'm not too sure in retrospect if he was prioritizing the time for kink, the closeness, or the sex. He still made more time for me within the three months of involvement than this person who is considerably closer in physical distance. Actions speak louder than words, and people prioritize what is important to them. Period. Something else interesting that took place during all of this was the resurrection of another former friendship. This was the second, and hopefully the last time this happened with this person. After I disconnected, I saw that outside of our first acquaintance, she's only appeared in my life when she wanted something from me. Both times, she overstayed her welcome. Unfortunately, I've established many friendships like this. I suspect I allow this because the superficial nature allows me to keep the world at arm's length. I maintain a constant supply of something others value through their desires or needs, which ensures they stick around. What's puzzling is I don't see the genuine connections I established in my youth through the same lens. I can't help but wonder what happened between then and now. I hope to figure it out and rectify the behavior. In the interim, I'm settling for distance from transactional relationships of any kind. Sorry about the detour. Now, let's get back to the story. I can't recall all the details of what she wanted, only that it pertained to a mutual acquaintance that she felt connected to on a spiritual level that she was also in separation from. We spent a lot of time together. Most of it was spent going over the details of sexual encounters and love interests. This wasn't long after the one-night stand, but long before the casual hookup with the work whore. And I mean that as lovingly as I can. He's very ambitious, and I respect that a lot. Having goals is a good thing, and this kid is swimming in them. Here's a brief history lesson. I was involved in a relay race with this woman and her significant other pretty early on in our friendship. The details behind that, coupled with odd behaviors and incompatible mindsets, are the primary reasons I chose to disengage from this relationship. She openly admitted to coveting my looks along with my current romantic endeavors and partners. And one of those partners was my first husband. I don't recall the vernacular she used at the time, but when she conveyed these messages, the whole thing was extremely off-putting. The way she carried this jealousy was concerning. I say this because she used pictures of both of us for her dating profiles. But then she'd get upset when her potential suitors, partners, or whomever would compliment me. Like, I don't understand why she chose to continue with this self-defeating behavior in the first place. When this transpired, we were still hanging out. Typically, if I was shopping online, I'd pick her up something if it caught my eye. And quite a few times we went out and I was welcomed into her family. But 
every time any group activities, wink, wink, came up in conversations, she expressed a desire to participate and envy attached to my circumstances. And any time it came up, I made the joke that I must just have a face for group sex. In due course, our conversations led us to topics of beliefs and work ethics. Suffice it to say, we don't have the same views. And out of respect for her right to privacy, I won't divulge the details of her belief structure. I will say at my core, I'm somewhere in the camp of agnostic, atheist, and modern-day Satanist. The modern-day version is essentially structured atheism with a specific moral compass. I say agnostic because I don't believe in the Bible and its contents in a contextually Christian interpretation, and I don't believe in Jesus or God in the way they're imagined by the Christian church. I think it is possible that Jesus was a real person, and if he was, in fact, the son of God, that God is from another universe, galaxy, planet, or solar system, or maybe from a different time, an alternate timeline, or a whole other dimension. Like, I also think a person is human refuse if they're only good out of some promise for eternal life. So the work thing. First, let me say that for the majority of the time we hung out, she was unemployed. She was fired from her previous job for attendance-related issues and decided to write out her unemployment for quite a few months before seeking another one. She ended up getting hired on somewhere, and it sounded like things started out well enough. After, after she worked there for about two weeks, she had some of the same attendance issues that caused her to lose her last job. Her boss talked to her about her situation and attempted to come to an understanding about it. She initially expressed to me that she thought she was being targeted in this circumstance, and my response was to give her a management perspective on that type of scenario based on my own history and experiences. Everything went about as normal for a little while. Then something similar came up again. This time, she expressly solicited my feedback on the situation, and I was very direct in my response. She went silent on me after that. My guess is she didn't expect or appreciate what I had to say on the subject. When she decided to finally reach out again, she came around initially with a sob story, and I chose not to engage. She then shifted gears into some metaphysical jargon that basically expressed that our friendship is over. Again, I chose not to engage. She shifted gears more times, vacillating back and forth, acting like everything is fine between us, talking about it being time for our paths to disengage, and going on about feeling like she's running out of time on this earth. I eventually expressed my perplexity at her inconsistent behavior and that it felt like a cry for attention. Then she showed up unannounced at my house one day. I was expecting to hear from someone else, so I reached out to them and asked if they were knocking on my door, and they said they weren't. Then I get a message from this other girl that read, Here. Now, I don't know if it's just me, but I feel confident in my opinion here. In today's modern technological landscape and in the context of our most recent conversations, I interpreted the act of her showing up to my home unannounced as unhealthy and borderline threatening behavior. I ceased any and all manners of contact and communication immediately. I eventually blocked her and all familiar parties and mutuals on all forms of social media as well. Within a week of all of this going down, my original long-distance suitor and I had agreed upon a new time frame for a scheduled visit. Mind you, 
By this time, Houdini had pulled what I thought was his final disappearing act. I'm sure you won't be surprised by this, but a couple of days before it was time to pull chocks, he backed out. I decided to get an Airbnb and go anyway. Random fun fact, the place he moved to is next town over from where my mom lives. Two of my closest friends are in the surrounding towns in this location, and this is a completely random coincidence. It was also something we bonded over in the beginning of our so-called courtship. I ended up making my rounds, visiting with friends and family during my trip, and enjoyed a beautiful lakeside view during my stay. I had an early dinner with my mom and my oldest friend, too. I spent two days with another of my closest friends, and we spent most of the first day catching up on what we've missed during our years of separation. We spent the second day on a few miscellaneous adventures. One of them included sunning ourselves on the beach. Another was taking a dip in one of the Great Lakes. The water was so very cold. I can't believe we actually did it. I think she and I originally lost touch because we moved. Reconnecting with her is definitely one of the perks of the advent of social media. I got reacquainted with my former partner, albeit briefly, and not exactly in the way he had originally intended. He ended up with last-minute visitors, which is what put a kibosh on the weekend fuckfest. It didn't help his vision that he wasn't having any luck acquiring a third party. One of them, he was hesitant to engage in any further sexual activity with outside of the on-call blowjobs he was already experiencing. The other option was his ex, with whom I had hesitation. He picked up on the undertone of it, but I never elaborated as to why it was there. I thought she was ignorant and self-deprecating for maintaining the caliber of contact she had with a seemingly selfish, shameless philanderer and user. I had no desire to interact with her directly because her blind attachment to this man was a glaring reminder of my own. And I think the major difference is I saw him for who he was. Initially, she didn't seem to. I loathe being face-to-face -face with my emotional shortcomings, especially when the feelings in question are in direct conflict with my sense of intellect and reason. I also realized the draw to this man stemmed from two opposing issues I was facing. One being an unhealed abandonment wound stemming from my father, the other was seeking a surrogate for my lost spouse.